here we go. Uh, thank you for listening to the Cigar Box Guitar Builder podcast again. This is episode 23, and we have a very special guest today, the wonderful, the amazing Justin Johnson. How are you, Justin? Great, brother. Good to be here. <laughs> or should I call you the wizard? <laughs> Mate, it is just, uh, it, it's absolutely fantastic to be talking to you at the moment. Um, Mark, uh, Mark Wilmot um, from here in Australia as well. We're trying to catch, get a hold of Mark as Mark is desperate to say g'day. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see if he can get in contact with us as the, as the show progresses. Um, otherwise, I'm sure we'll have a chance to chat with Justin again in the future. Unless he hates us, of course, and never wants to see us again. So, <laughs> so Justin, I suppose if, if we start things off... Um, well, we'd like to try and find out where, you know, for people who are new to the podcast and maybe new to uh, Cigar Box Guitar Building, um, where can we find you? I guess the best way you could find me uh, would be online at my website, justinjohnsonlive.com. Uh, and, of course, I've also got my Facebook page, uh, my YouTube channel, Instagram. I do all of that. You can find those links uh, at my website, justinjohnsonlive.com. Fantastic. Uh, you've really, um, I know this is a question that's coming up a little bit later, but I'll ask it now. You've really embraced the whole social social media aspect, and it, it, it seems to be working brilliantly for you. Um, what, what part of social media do you think works for you the best? You know, I think um, what I love about social media and the ability that you have with it nowadays um, is that it just gets you out there or, you know, it has the possibility of getting you out there to more people. And before, you know, before the the Internet, before social media, a lot of that as a musician, your full time musician performing and recording, you counted so much on record labels and, um, you know, the the music business the music establishment to get your name out there and get you in front of more people so it's really like a wild frontier right now uh everyone kind of figuring the things out themselves and figuring out what works uh to basically to let people know what you do and so uh that's what i love about it and again uh it's not just not just Facebook or um, Instagram or YouTube or one thing, but just getting it out there across the board. Uh, one of the things people, though, uh, especially always say that they love that we put out are the performance videos that I'll do with uh, different instruments that I've uh, collected or acquired uh, from touring throughout the world. And, uh, you know, some amazingly unique and completely different instruments. And uh, I love putting out new performances to showcase what they can do. And just, you know, basically show off what kind of cool builds people are coming up with nowadays. It's, it's inspiring and it's, it's interesting. Well, you've definitely had, um, had some amazing instruments come through over the last, I think, the last couple of months. Gosh, uh, you've had the, the skateboard one that came up yesterday on the feed, um, which was fantastic. I'm sitting here at the moment with a, skate, with a, with a, with a skateboard currently and... and you know that I got from I got from a sports store. It's a blank one. I'm sitting. I've been sitting there thinking, how am I going to rig that up? Because there's a few different ways. But I really love how that built. And he was from Greece, wasn't he? Yeah, from Athens, Greece. Yeah, and um, I really loved how he, he actually mounted everything on top. So he didn't actually really he didn't have to cut recess any any pickup holes or. So it, it shows that, and it's such a simple design, but it seemed to work so so well when you were playing it. 
Absolutely. It's very light, very easy to play, very ergonomic. What's cool about the skateboard design is when you flip that platform over and um, the ends, you know, naturally bow upwards, but when you flip it over, they naturally bow downwards. Mm. So it mimics in a lot of ways the same kind of shape you would get from carving a scarf joint and having a break angle at the headstock or at the tailpiece. And uh, what it does is it gives you a nice sharp break angle at the bridge and the nut, so it transfers all that resonance to the deck of the skateboard. And the deck of the skateboard itself is a, a extremely strong hardwood laminate, and um, I think that one might be maple, I'm pretty sure. And so it's the same woods you would use in a lap steel or a solid body guitar, you know, nice resonant hardwoods. And uh, that's what gives you the sustain. Uh, it's got a nice bright punch to it from that maple. And so, you know, you talk about things like skateboards, same thing with tools, you know, um, like my shovel guitar or, you know, a tool like a played Matic handle diddly bows and lap steels. The tools always have the same kind of uh, features. They have uh, nice hardwood, either nice you know, tempered steel or a nice hardwood. And all of that resonance is what that tone comes from. So a lot of people, you know, it's they string something like that up and they don't know what it's going to sound like. But usually it's amazing how true and how resonant and vocal those strange objects sound when you string them up. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I, I remember, um, I think one of my favourite ones is that there's a video I remember you, of you up on stage with... Um, I can't remember his last name. It's terrible, and I, I apologise to him. But there's a fellow named Chuck, and he's in the States. And Chuck made um, a diddly bow, which was basically a plank of timber, which was probably about maybe 40 centimetres long, 40 to 45 centimetres long. And he had a humbucker in it. And I remember seeing you playing it on stage. It was kind of like it was an angled... I've actually made one of his myself. I called him and, and uh, contacted him and asked him whether I could I could build one. And I'll never forget that little diddly bow. It's a short little thing, and you you know you were tapping on the tapping on the box down below when you were playing this diddly bow, this tiny little diddly bow. And I thought that's just you know the fact that you can get those kind of those all of those sounds out of something that you like you wouldn't ever have considered it, you know. And it's just it's it's really quite amazing to see you know uh, mind you you know we are talking about justin johnson what you know a performer an amazing performer and i don't mean to embarrass you you know but <laughs> <laughs> but um i want to i suppose going from there um people that see you now they see justin johnson the performer now and they see justin johnson you know it's you certainly have um Willingly or unwillingly, I don't know, but created an image. And you have definitely... It's not just, I think, you're playing that people recognise. It's also that you, you do certainly have uh, an image that you... you know, And whether or not that's, that's Justin Johnson for real when the cameras are off or when the, you know, you're off stage and it's just you, or whether or not that's you know, Justin Johnson, the performer... I'm not going to ask you which one's which because I think keeping that enigma alive is rather fun. It's all part of part of you know showbiz, which is wonderful. But um, where does Justin Johnson come from? What's your background? Oh, you know, musically, I mm. guess you know, with me, music and art and self-expression all really fall under the same category. And um, my life has always been focused around that. You know, that's always what I've done for fun. And um, you know, when I first 
was introduced to music, whether it was early on with this old beat up one string guitar that was lying around the house or, you know, when I you know, beat on the, uh, the piano that we had for a little while or try to learn my, my grandpa's trumpets that were lying around the house. I always wanted to uh, make something. You know, I always wanted to create something and use my imagination to do that. And when I finally was introduced to guitar, I finally got my first electric guitar when I was a teenager. It was uh, it was all over right then. You know, I mean, I just I just lived on that thing. Uh, that that was my expression. That was my paintbrush from that point on out. And performing uh, professionally was my first job that I ever had was uh, playing in a band or two that I put together in school and when I was younger and you know one point uh, early on in my career I was I think I was playing in just about half the bands in town I was probably playing in about six or seven bands at the same time uh, full time which you know is a juggling act to say the least uh, but music has always been that for me and uh, you know the the way that I express myself musically is similar to the way I would express it or, you know, the, the me and Nikki, we do it all together. My wife, Nikki, um, it's just our way of really com communicating with the world and putting that kind of thing out there, showing what the, the history that we love, the art that we love. We try to bring in as many other people into that whole expression as we can. And that's one of the things we love about meeting well people like you you know great great instrument builders people who have their own art form and their own craft because we love showcasing that and sharing that with the world too as a community you know and that brings everyone together and helps everybody out and we just we love all those elements of it fantastic i've got it you know one of the things i've just realized i keep saying fantastic all the time and i've got to stop doing it because i when i listen back to the podcast i always sit there cringing going oh god i've said it again i've said it 53 <laughs> you times. just realize how many times you yeah. said the word fantastic and uh... <laughs> yeah. i was listening to a podcast a couple of days ago and it struck me how many times the guy um the guy that was on it said um was it um you know and he said you know and i counted right. it and I started, I was listening to the podcast, and then by the end of it, I realized I wasn't listening so much to the podcast. I was listening to how many times he said, you know. And it was something, <laughs> it was something, something like 65 times. <laughs> said, I'm going to try not to say fantastic. I'm going to try, try and use some different... Mark! Mark! Get out of bed and get on the phone. Get on the phone, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, something must be happening. Sorry, I just gave, gave Mark a call because... Um, uh, as I was saying, to, uh, Mark was definitely uh, looking forward to having a chat to you, but something's, something obviously is happening. He's, he's probably busy putting together the order that I made on Mr. W's instruments today. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably sitting there. keep him busy. Oh, yeah. He, he, my God, that guy just he builds the most uh, amazing... Amazing guitars. He's just he's honestly like I, I'm I'm I think I'm a butcher compared to what he does. He's just the, with the you know with the um with the different timbers that he uses and the laminating process. Mind you, he's got a he's got a he's got a woodworking background. He's a carpenter by trade, but he's just to see the work that comes out of his shop. Um, it, it honestly is just completely mind blowing, and it's all. It's all handmade. It's all not that I've. Don't get me wrong. I don't. I was, I was chatting to to Michael um, Breedlove last week, and I've got absolutely nothing against CNC. I think CNC is just a just another tool. But but when I see what Mark creates with his hands, um, I, I think I, so I, I think I end up very humbled, and I look at right. that and I think I, that's a kind of building that 
that I would like to aspire to. And I think it's handy. I think you need the tools for a lot of that. And I, and I think you need the skill. Because if you don't have the tools, you need the skill. And at the moment, I don't have, but I don't have either. <laughs> in my opinion, <laughs> you know, I get by. I create. I, I think I create. Um, I create instruments that you know that that are the best that I can do. Like you know, and when I look at look at him, some people like him. Um, I, I sit there going, okay, and that's that's the next thing. That's the next step that I want to. I really want to aspire to. I want to look at. Okay, I love the way he's done that. How can I do something like that? You know what I mean? And I don't mean like, oh, I'm going to get that design and rip that off. But I want to look at that and go, wow. Okay, all right. Well, what can I do? What can I do with that idea? Do you know what I mean? But I think exactly. I just think. Oh it's... yeah, absolutely. That's the same way mm. I feel musically when I see someone who's a great musician, and I think. Um, you know, I respect something about the way that they approach uh, the art form or they, uh, you know, a tool they use, a style they use. And it's, you don't think, you know, oh, I want to do that instead of that person or I want to copy that. You think I want to I want to learn that so that I can develop, you know, I can fold that into the dough. I can I can make that part of the overall art form that I'm creating. And that's both with building and with playing. And mm. I understand what you mean totally. Um you know, so many so many people can be inspired by something and love something, whether it's music or building guitars or any kind of uh, art form like that, and they can so accurately reproduce it that it, it almost sounds like an impersonation, let's mm. say, musically. Um, and there's nothing at all wrong with that because that's keeping traditions alive uh, in a lot of ways. But I just personally, uh, I, I love what you're talking about where you say, I'm going to look at that and I'm going to be inspired by it, but I'm going to give it my own signature touch, you know? I'm going to mm, put a little mm. something else on it with that and see what happens. That's yeah. always pushing the craft even farther when you have that philosophy. I just I, I just think it's important to, if, if, you know, to use that slightly, you know, a slightly overused term of pay it forward, you know? I think it, mm -hmm. it is important to pay it, you know, pay, or pay it back. Pay it back first. Pay it back. when you've borrowed something from from another builder, um, and it's something that's and it, you know even if it's something that you've done something with and you've taken it to another step, it doesn't hurt. Like when you put your when you put your picture up on Instagram or when you put your picture up on Facebook, it doesn't hurt to say you know I was inspired by you know Joe Blogs, and you know I, I've I've taken this idea and I've gone this way with it you know because I, I don't think I, I don't think especially with guitars it's it's very hard to find a it's very difficult to find an utterly original idea do you know what I mean like everything oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah and if it's if it's something that you know no one's ever done anything like it before um, it might not be a good idea <laughs> you know <laughs> no um, but it's like um I know what you're saying because you can you can think, man, I want to try something totally new that no one's ever done. Mm. And as soon as you show someone, they they're like, oh, that's awesome. That's just like so and so. Yeah. And then you realize that was that was done 200 years ago. You yeah. know, that's that that's uh, been around a long time, but I just never knew about it. And you know, that shouldn't make you shy away from doing it. No way. If it's a an idea that you feel connected with. Well, and there's it, so many ways of looking at yeah. that. It's still an original thought, you know, and, and yeah. even though it's an, you know, it, it's an original thought, 
but it's you know it it may have been it may have been done before and it may have been done although it may have been done uh, in a different context or it may have been done you know it's someone someone said something about um uh not michelangelo um da vinci leonardo da vinci um and i don't quote me on this but i i've heard it and a lot of leonardo da vinci's designs and creations for example were actually amalgamations of other people's ideas it was oh what if you know what if i got that um you know and i mixed it with that having said that the the source was the source that i've gotten that information from was another podcast so it could have been a lunatic just as just as insane as me who's come up with that idea so don't quote me don't, you know, but I'm, I'm maybe paraphrasing what he was saying, but it's just an interesting thought, and I really thought that applied very much. I agreed that that applied very much to, you know, to guitar building and playing, guitar playing as well. And you're one of those very interesting artists who has seemed to be able to meld a lot of different styles into your art form into your craft um at being you know when the first thing that i think of when i when i listen to to you play is um prior to uh, the last album that just came out um it was always very much a, a, a there was more of a jazz kind i felt like there was a bit of jazz in there um and not a huge not a huge hit of blues it's interesting, you know, because you do see a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of players out there who you listen to and you go, bam, that's blues, straight away. Right. But with your playing, it comes out. But there's, there's, there's another history there. There's another history of, of music that comes through. And to me, what, what came through a lot was... That it seemed to be a lot of jazz. It seemed to be... And, and I'm not from America. So when I say this, I say this as an Australian who is a fan of American music or world music, if you want to say that. Um, Mm -hmm. To me, it always made me think of... um, To me, it made me always made me think of New Orleans. You know, it's always... uh, Here we go. I might have Mark, actually. might just have him. Um, Yeah, it always makes me think of... Mark, are you there? I am. Oh, I've been trying for God knows how long. <laughs> so, hey, Mark. Oh, hello. <laughs> how you going, mate? Hello. Justin, are you there? Justin, are you there? Yes, I'm still here. Oh, okay, good. So is there a little bit of lag? Uh, it's hard to tell for me. Okay, all right. Well, let's let's see how we go, Mark. At the moment, we've got you on, um, we've got you on uh, uh, Messenger, but I may I may try if this doesn't work with Justin, I might just try and 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 catch you back on um, Skype. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we'll see we'll see how we go. So uh, let's see if I can turn you up a bit. There we go. You there? I'm here. Justin, can you hear Mark? Yeah, I can hear him. Oh, good stuff. I'm sorry about that, Justin. <laughs> hey, no problem. I told him uh, I told him you were probably busy uh, getting my order ready that I placed today. Yes, I just got that. 
can I um can I can I be the nosy Parker now now that's going to be on the air this afternoon that Justin Johnson has ordered uh, ordered an instrument. No, no. I actually 46, ordered all of the forty-six uh, cents worth of parts need for the uh, the guitars that I'm building for my fundraiser for my new album. Oh, fantastic! So, the, the, what was it? The the um, you getting the pickups? I got um, I got bridges. I'm going to be using my uh, Elmar signature flat pup pickups, and then uh, I'm going to be getting the bridges, the jacks, tuners. All the uh, all the essential parts from Mr. W's instruments out there in Australia. I put that order in today, and uh, when those get out there, I'm going to be building the guitars for the fundraiser that I'm running right now for my new album. Fantastic! And a lot of the rewards for that bows, three string, four string guitars, that kind of thing, shovel guitars. That's right, and that's 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 via Kickstarter. Justin, is that right? Yes, uh-huh, and if, uh, again, you can go to justinjohnsonlive.com, and right on the homepage, there's a big link for that. The album's going to be called The Turquoise Trail, and uh, you can check all the information out at justinjohnsonlive.com for that. Uh, let me tell you, I've heard the first song. Is that the, the, the that uh, recording that you did, the video that you put out for that? Is that one of the songs that's going to be on the album? Yes, that, absolutely. That was that was. Beautiful. That was. I I watched that, and I'm going to say this, and someone's going to fight me on this one, and I'll take it to the line. I think you'll be the only one to know. I think I was the first one to back you. Oh yeah. Yeah. You didn't have any backers. I'm in. (laughs) So someone came possibly just after me or just before me, but I don't care about that. I was the first. Show them how it's done, man. Show them how it's done. I, I just, I just, I love the idea of, I absolutely love the idea of, of Kickstarter um, programs. But it's just, to me, for, for an independent artist like yourself, uh, you, as a fan, as um, someone out there, you know, in the, in the big wide world, it just, it gives you a feeling that you've contributed you know, to that, you know, to that album. And yes, you do get something out of it. Like, you, you know, you get the album, you get, it's, you know, it's not just completely, you know, it's not completely, uh, you know, out of goodwill. You do get something back. But right. I just think it's, um, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful way of, of staying away, you know, or being able to do, maybe not staying away, but doing something without needing the big corporations, you know. And absolutely and that's a lot of times what the record labels do is yeah. they you know they front a lot of times you know the enormous bills that pile up from recording from uh, mixing mastering all the studio time any musicians you might hire uh production costs duplication distribution graphics design I mean, once you really get into it i mean it it is just incredible how much money it takes and how much you have to put into the kind of project we're doing before, you know, the first CD goes out. And um, in order to keep the music, you know, as pure as possible and as and with as, as little influence between, you know, the concept, the recording and the fans, you know, it's a direct, you, if you want to listen to it, you can help make it. And I, I just love how pure and organic that process is going straight from the people who, 
care about it and that's who you're making it for and, and that's who's helping make it happen it's it's just amazing well, yeah it's, i suppose it's not like you get that you get that image of you know a, a suited you know, guy there with the sunglasses on saying, no, I'm going to tell you how, how you're going to run that track or, you know, this it is, you know, completely up to you and decision between... Are you the produ- are you producing yourself? Um, it'll be me right now, me and uh, Nikki, uh, my wife Nikki. We're, we always uh, produce together. Um, we've had different producers in the past. Uh, for example, my last album, Driving It Down, uh, we had guest producer uh, Bootsy Collins. Yep. Uh, who played with James yeah, Brown and who played with uh, George Clinton, Parliament Funkadelic. And uh, we also had uh, John Carter Cash produce uh, my album before that, Johnny Cash and June Carter's son, and he's a five-time Grammy Award winner. Um, and so uh, I'm thinking we're going to be working with Chuck Turner again on yep. this one from Cash Cabin Studio, who, who always helps co-produce uh, everything we've done together. And he's also the head engineer on, on this album. And on my last two, and he is just an amazing talent. I mean, there's just we've, we haven't been able to stump him yet with anything. He's just he knows how to do everything when it comes to the studio, both digital and analog. So mm. you can get as old school as you want. Yeah, man, we're rocking. Sorry, Justin. Sorry, no, I'm talking about Justin. Oh, no problem. Man. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. Okay, first edit in the history of this show actually going to happen. No, that's all right. I'll keep it going. Sorry, Justin. No, i got to keep that in. That was, that was good. I was just done anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yes, have you started recording, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a... Uh... We've done a couple test recordings for the album, but we haven't started the main recording yet. But you can go see what the album's going to sound like based on those test recordings we put together. Again, if you go to the Kickstarter fundraiser page, which uh, if you go to justinjohnsonlive.com, it is right there. Uh, The link is right there on the homepage. Fantastic. Oh, God, I did it again. I said, you got to shoot me every time I say fantastic. you got to throw something. Fantastic. I was trying to stop saying fantastic, Mark. I was just saying that before. But it is fantastic. Well, you just said it three times. Yeah, I know. I know. I've got to find another superlative. Bloody brilliant. Bloody brilliant, mate. <laughs> um, yes, I was going to say, the, um, the last album, to me, had a, very, had a very country kind of feel about it. Um, compared, is it driving it down? Yeah, driving it down. About? Yeah, and um, it had a very um, it had a very country feel compared to the to the prior album, and um, and that's one of the things that I really like because I've got to say, like straight up, it's I'm not one of those people. Like I came from a you know from a metal metal background, hard rock that kind of thing, and. Um, I always used to laugh when I used to watch the Blues Brothers and, and in that scene, the, the, the bar scene, when the guy comes up and says, we play both kind of music, you know, it's the country and western. He always used to laugh, you know, at, about that because I was never never much of, um, of a country and western fan. And I think over the last few years, the more I've been enveloped in this, in the roots music, I suppose, industry and, and a part of it in my own very little way... Um, I've kind of really come around to it, and I found that as a listener, your your album, you know, driving it down, it certainly uh, it certainly had those aspects of um, you know of a country of a country album. There were definitely those. The licks were there. The the telly, you know, that you were playing. The you know there was there was definitely to me 
that feeling, but it was it was great. It was, and my daughter sits in the car. Mia sits in the car. Mia's seven. And every time we get in the car, she says, put on the horse song in the sky, Dad. Put on the horse in the sky, you know. <laughs> and it's great. We sit there. We turn, turn the music up, you know, and the windows are down. And Mia's sitting there rocking in the back seat, you know, to, to Ghost Riders in the sky. And, my God, she loves that, you know. And I think I, I really enjoyed the way that you approached um, each of the songs on that album. Each of the songs on that album have their own, have their own identity, uh, in a way, and it's it's and not and you know sometimes you listen to an album and that happens and it can feel disjointed. It's very like oh, each absolutely. song is quite different. I think you the way you put the album together in re, in relation to track by track, I think it flows very very nicely. And um, you know I just think it was a really really well produced album. I think it just it, it came out really well and it's certainly as a person who doesn't necessarily come from you know a country western background or you know 20 years ago if someone said you're going to own you know an album that's got country and western on it I'd, I would have probably sworn at them you know it just, it just <laughs> you know um, you know but now it's it's opened my eyes up a little bit more and I've and I've listened to a, a bit of Johnny Cash and I've listened to you know I'm listening to more more things out there and finding that okay it's maybe not a type of music that I would always go back to but I find I do find that album very very accessible for me which is wonderful uh, because there's also enough of the other genres in there that it's kind of it's kind of pulling me in. So I do suggest if anyone hasn't listened to it, get out there and you know, as Molly Meldrum here in Australia would say, go and do yourself a favour. Go and go and get that album. Does and listen know to who it. Molly is? I, I don't know. Would you know who Molly Meldrum is over there? I mean, he was he kind of got he around. Famous? Um, no, I don't think so. No, no, he's he's a bit of an. Do you remember Countdown? The music program called Countdown in the eighties. Uh, I don't remember that. Do you remember the AC the ACDC song? Um, what was it? Um, Baby, please don't go. Way back when Bon uh-huh. Scott was in well, the skirt. version of it. That <laughs> version, yeah, version of it. Yeah, but when ACDC did Baby, please don't go on stage, and Bon Scott had the dress on. He was dressed up as a, the singer. Had the, you don't, I don't know whether you might have seen that, but that was yeah, that was Countdown. That was that was actually Countdown. <laughs> so, Molly Meldrum. Check it out now. Anyway, you've never worn a dress on stage, Justin. <laughs> No, no, not yet. Haven't done that one yet. Well, I'm, I'm glad you used qualifier yet. That helps. <laughs> well, Mark beat you to it. <laughs> oh no, I'm, yeah. I'm wearing one now. <laughs> I'm in one now. Yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're not video. Th- this is what this is exact reason, Justin, that I don't do YouTube po- YouTube podcasts because I can't. Exactly. <laughs> you never know what Mark's <laughs> going to be wearing that day, and I have no problem with that at all, Mark. That's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful thing. Get out there and express yourself, my man. Now, (laughs) all right. Now let's have a a, next question. Next, next order of order of business. I suppose we're coming to is the new album. Sorry, just briefly touch on the new album. uh, uh, Just because the other one, I wanted to get onto this one because this one seems to have a very, very different vibe. It's more of that flamenco kind of. You've seemed to have changed gears again. You know, one of the things I love is is blending genres. I love to take something familiar, something that that I love and feel passionate about musically, and you 
know, pay as much respect to what I love about it while at the same time trying to write a new chapter in that genre, you know, for me personally. And uh, this album was very unexpected, actually. Uh, Nikki and I uh, had no idea we were planning an album like this uh, uh, a month ago, even. Um, but we started a tour, a, te- a tour of the Southwest uh, states here in the U.S., you know, and uh, mainly in New Mexico and uh, through Texas there. And when we were down there, uh, we had a, f- I had a few festivals. I was headlining uh, some different shows down there. And the music down there, though, especially the flamenco music and the mariachi music, and then, that, of course, uh, more specifically the Western tones, you know, like you know, what you would imagine, like, you know, those old soundtracks for those old uh, Western movies. Yes. Uh, that, that dry, lonesome, spacious, you know, sound. And I thought, you know, I wish there was an album out there that we could listen to while we're driving through and while we're here spending time together that blended all of those together in this way that would really, you know, that was the way that we felt it when we were there. And that paid homage to all those different cultures and histories and how they all come together as sort of a melting pot in the Southwest there. Mm. You see it in the visual art, you know, and the visual art is just like the, uh, the air around you, you know, this huge skies and sunsets and dramatic landscape. And so this, this picture started coming into focus of this album very quickly. Yeah. And within uh, two weeks, uh, we, we said, let's see what we can write while we're down here. And within two weeks, we had about 18 new songs that were oh, you know, wow. pretty, pretty much completely places. written. And um, the, the amount that we were able to write and feel inspired down there in such a short amount of time, it just seemed so magical. We had to share it with everybody else. And so we're still, you know, we're here back in Nashville right now putting together the next stage of this album. Um, and while we're doing that, we're posting, uh, like I just mentioned a little earlier, we're posting the test recordings that we've already worked on, some of the videos that we shot and shared on Facebook and YouTube while we were in the Southwest. Some of those are actually going to be songs on the album. So, yeah. you know, uh, those first you know, live streams and videos down there, when, when I was kind of, you know, in a situation like this, just sharing with the, uh, the fans and with the public out there what was going on, those moments became, you know, glimpses of the new album, and I, I love that kind of magic and how we can all take that journey together. Yes. Speaking of the fans, were you, were you complete? Who's your favorite? Yeah. That's my dog. Sorry, he's he's out here with us at the moment. I apologise. It's it's me, the computers, and Justin Johnson and Mark Wilmot and Prince the dog. Uh, I did, I did get him inside fast enough. I'm under the house at the moment, Mark. We had some problems. My roof was raining on me up, upstairs. Um, just, crikey, I've just lost my train of thought. Oh, when it comes to, because we were talking about the fans. You just mentioned the fans then. Now, you must have been blown away when that shovel video hit. Was it three million views? Oh, it's it's got over 40 million views now. Holy crap, On, on Facebook. <laughs> So you monetized that, right? That was what you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would hope so, been, mate. Uh, I would hope so. It's been incredibly great for um, just getting the word out. You know, not only uh, has it introduced a lot of people around the world to what to what we're doing um, musically, uh, but also it's it's introduced roots instruments and roots music to so many people. I don't. I mean, we've gotten hundreds. And, uh, you know, thousands of messages and comments from people uh, over the month, you know, the past few months since that video went out saying, 
you know, I never, I never knew that I liked this kind of music, or I never mm. knew this kind of music existed. And now it's, it's, you know, I'm buying a guitar and it's my favorite thing, you know, and I'm getting a, a finger slide and I'm going to learn how to play. Yeah. Or, um, you know, people getting shovel guitars as their first instrument, and you know, learning on a roots <laughs> instrument with three strings and a slide, and and just how many people have just you know you see that light bulb go on uh, over their heads you know you see that that sort of fire starting to ignite for blues music and if i can do that and spread that word to as many people as possible i can i can sleep good at night i'll tell you that i feel mm. really good about that well, let me put it in context for you justin australia's population has 27 million that's a whole country 27 million <laughs> All right, and you've got 40 million hits. That's, if I could do my maths properly, that's carry the one. That's a bloody hell of a lot of people listening to you. That's <laughs> like uh, one well, of the stars. That's being said, you've got to put it in perspective, Adam. I watched it 38 million times. Oh, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see your, uh, I do not want to see, <laughs> see your Wi Fi bill, mate. <laughs> But that's like oh, if you man. consider that you know if you consider that 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 track went for three and a half minutes yeah, or something like three and a half minutes. Well, that's three and a half minutes times forty million. So how many minutes? You know, it's just it's mind-boggling to think, uh, you know, how how incredible it is. You know, the, the media, the social media can just get that get that message out there. You know, and. It's just, it blows. It honestly, it blows my mind. Um, we've got a couple of questions. I might hit you with a couple of questions. Um, I still, he- I've got heaps more, but we've got some. We've got some uh, group questions. Um, Brianna Skinner uh, has asked, "What is? What's your favourite?" Now, she the question she asked. And I don't have it in front of me, so I'm going to I'm going to do this from memory. Is what's your favourite number of strings to use? One, two, three, four, five, six, or twelve? And then I added back to her. Sent sent a message back saying. How about eighteen? Because I remember, I remember you said you playing. Was it? Was that John? Was that John Nichols? Was that an eighteen string? I remember this. That video was about two and a half, possibly three years. No, ago. the uh, the eighteen string guitar that I played was a sitar guitar, and it had um, it had a six. So it was a six string guitar that had a sitar style bridge on it. And uh, it was made by a company I believe called Jerry Jones, which is no longer in business, I don't think. But they're very similar to the Dane Electro sitar guitars, and they're based on those original Dane Electro designs. Oh wow! Oh, and then nice. they have, in addition to the six strings, they have a chromatic set of sympathetic strings, which you don't actually uh, strum physically. What happens is when you play the guitar, if you tune those each to a different note, when you play the guitar those strings automatically begin to vibrate sympathetically with the vibrations of the body of the guitar. And so there's a separate pickup on those strings that you can, that you can then, um, turn up or down so you can, it's almost like having built in reverb when you play it's, it adds this ghostly voice to the background and all sitars also have those inside. You can't see them a lot of times in a traditional sympathetic strings are all through there. Mm. What was that? Drone strings. Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, drones. Sometimes you play and pluck drone strings, and those. But yeah. it's like a, it's like drone strings that you never touch that are generally uh, higher in pitch. Yeah, yeah. And you can watch that That's video. Cool. Um, I did the Beatles song "Dear Prudence" on that one, 
and um, you can hear the you can hear and see the guitar and all the sympathetic strings and you'll know what I'm talking about when you see the video yeah yeah that's awesome I think the guitar that I was remembering was the the those you know the great big cigar boxes they and some people treat like make flying V style guitars out and they're the really big cigar boxes and they're kind of uh, I can't remember the name of them I've actually got one in a pile just under here it's the base I was building and kind of ran out of mojo on it and um because i'm not a base builder so not really and um i remember it and it was a twin neck it was actually a twin neck guitar the one i've got in my mind but that it, it could be just my memory playing tricks on oh me. i also have uh, let's see there's a double neck that was built by uh, recycled music and more that had a lap steel on the bottom and a four string on top but that was a 10 string so i played that one too I've got some videos of that out. But I think to answer your question as far as my favorite number of strings to play, um, it's, it's not really the, uh, you know, there's no answer to that because I, I really decide based on the context of the song how many strings or what guitar I'm going to end up playing. And that's why, you know, I, I love using specific guitars for very specific purposes. And that's why when I'm playing a live show, even if it's an hour set, Sometimes I'll have 10 or a dozen instruments on stage because each one is, is a different voice. Each one's a different member of the band. And there's, you know, there's some guitars that are perfect for just this one voice. And I won't use any guitar other than that for that one specific part. And, you know, whether it has three strings or one string or six strings, I really just listen to the sound of the guitar and I, I feel the way that the guitar responds to different styles. And, and when you put those together, you get a sense of the soul and you get a sense of the personality and what the instrument wants to do. And so when I choose guitars, it really has to do completely with that as opposed to, you know, even considering really how much or how many strings are on it. The only time I really want to make sure I'm playing, you know, a specific string type is if I'm doing a solo arrangement and I need, let's say I need a bass line to be in there to flesh out the solo arrangement, a lot of times I'll either put a bass string on an instrument, like a three or four string, so that I have a lower pitch down at the bottom, and then I have higher strings up top to play the chords and melody, or I'll use something like a six string or a baritone guitar, something that can give me a lot lower range, because I love those low range instruments, even for melodies sometimes. Yeah. But it all it all depends, <laughs> you know. There's definitely no quick answer to that question. Um, does does the instrument create the song, or do you use the instrument to create the song? Uh, definitely both. Yep. And again, that that all depends on the song. But sometimes, you know, sometimes it's the place that inspires the song, or a combination of those elements. Um, I love the feeling when I get a new instrument and I've never played it before. There's that magic moment when I, I, I strum it up, you know, string it up or tune it up for the first time, and I just hear those first notes that come out of it because those are that's the first impression. It's like meeting someone new for the first time, and those first gestures are always very important. And so a lot of my songs come from those first moments, those first introductory glimpses of something new. And uh, that's why I love, you know, a lot of times I'll, if I get a new guitar and it's sitting on the porch in a box, uh, Nikki will grab the camera and we'll go outside and we'll do a live, a live unboxing because it, 
there's this magic in that moment of seeing something for the first time come out of the box and seeing what it sounds like and what those inspiring songs are. So are these are these instruments that people have just sent to you out of the blue? So you turn up at home one day after being out and there's a box there's a box sitting at the post office for you or on the front porch? A lot of times, you know, of course, a lot of times uh, if a builder sends me something, they'll let me know ahead of time because it's, you know, a little more, a little more safe to know that, uh, you know, that I'm expecting it or that it's going to be there. Yeah. But there have been a lot of times where we'll, you know, go to the P.O. box or go to the post office and something will be there waiting for us from someone maybe we know or have never even met. And uh, that's, you know, then, then uh, it's that moment and we just didn't expect it at all. Yeah. Now, Brianna actually had another question that she wanted asked, which was, when are you when are you coming back to Australia? I'm, I can't wait to get back to Australia. Uh, for the past, uh, I'd say for the past year or two, uh, we've really been focused on recording. Uh, when when I did my first, it was a you know my first tour of Australia. Uh, we were there for several months. And uh, that's when I released my first solo album, Smoke and Mirrors. I released it down there at the Port Ferry Folk Festival. And um, since then, we did a ton of touring, but we hadn't done a lot of recording, you know, for years after that. And then I believe it was two years until my next album was recorded here in Nashville, If Walls Could Talk. And that's the mode we're in right now, really. We're we're doing a little bit less of the international touring because we really are concentrating a lot on... Um, you know, getting this music on record, getting this music down in the studio. And we love working here in Nashville with Cash Cabin. We love the, the people that we've been meeting down here, the other musicians. And there's a magical vibe to it. And when you feel that, it's just good to follow the muse. Yeah. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I can't wait to get down there next. But right now, we don't have any dates in Australia to answer that question. No, nah, well, that, that's that, I think that's fair enough considering how, how flat out you are. Um, I've got to admit as well, Wade Costenbader also um, wanted to know your background. So thank you for answering that before. Um, I, I do try and, if people are putting some comments up, I do try and, um, and, and ask. And um, everyone, go and do yourselves a favour. Wade makes beautiful pickups as well. So get in contact with Wade Costenbader as well. Um, we've got another couple of questions here for you, Justin. If you can, if you can stay with us just for a minute, we've got um, absolutely. What's your favourite food? Say, favorite say that again, Mark. What's your favourite food? My favourite food while on the road. Oh man, I, I'll I'll tell you, uh, street tacos. That's my favourite food on the road. Definitely street tacos. <laughs> street tacos. I can give you a simple answer there. Every, every other well, answer was good. really well. Actually, my, you know, I'm just going to say street tacos. So, I think she feels pretty much the same. <laughs> What's that? I said my wife is from is from Arizona, and I think she feels the same about street tacos. Oh yeah, if she's from Arizona, then she her favorite food's probably street tacos too. I think everyone's in the Southwest is, and uh, just about everywhere else. Nashville's got a great street taco scene around here too, so God bless Music City. <laughs> What's the best thing about yeah, Music you guys City? Come through the tacos. Nashville. If you guys come through Nashville, I'll tell you right now, the street tacos are on me. I'll take you to my oh, favorite right. street taco joint. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> um, who are your favorite builders? Apart from Mark and myself, of course. 
Yeah, well, you too, definitely, <laughs> since I'm talking to you too. Uh, no. <laughs> No, you know, that's the thing. Guitars and uh, builders, uh, I just I think it's completely impossible to really pick a favorite or say this one's better than this one, you know, in any way, really, because that's that just comes down to personal opinion. And it's also, um, you know, I was doing a workshop uh, at, at a, a festival I was playing recently, and someone asked me the same question, basically, what's my favorite guitar? And... Um, I think the best way to explain how I feel about that is it's sort of like when you, you know, I imagine when you have a lot of kids and someone says, what's your favorite, you know, which one's your favorite kid? The second you know, one. It's like, well, the second one. They're all, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but they all have something different and uh, every one of them has, there. there's a magic to it, you know, that's how I feel about it. Even the most simple rudimentary uh, diddly bow has uh has something to it that's important and if you can't find out what's important about even that simple instrument then you know you might not you might not be looking hard mm. enough you know that i always love seeing these simple instruments and then also classic instruments mm. you know uh, like telecasters gibsons les pauls you know old old vintage lap steels uh, acoustic instruments electric mandolins you know they all have something special about them and uh, I think part of the reason why I play so many different instruments is because I don't have a favorite instrument. I, I love being surprised, and I love getting comfortable on one instrument with one song and then switching completely to a different instrument to challenge mm. myself, but also to bring out some new fire and some mm. new energy into the music. Now, I noticed that you've got some, you, you've been getting some endorsements recently from Dream Guitars. Is that right? Uh -huh, yeah, Dream, Dream Studio Guitars. And uh, where Mogami are they based? Cables also. Uh, I've been loving uh, Mogami Cables. I recently got endorsed by them. And uh, API, who um, is a great company, uh, they've traditionally made you know, really nice you know, top-shelf recording consoles, analog recording consoles. Uh, you know, a lot of the Zeppelin albums were recorded with API consoles. Uh, yeah, you yeah. know, um, a ton, ton of music was made by those. But they've been coming out with these uh, Transformer guitar pedals, which I'll tell you, for playing uh, Roots instruments and cigar box guitars uh, on stage, these are nice because they've got an analog preamp in them, which can help, you know, make piezos especially sound way better, but can also bring out the fatness of just about any type of pickup. And then an analog EQ and compression, so you can really smooth out and um, really, you know, just bring out every detail of those instruments with this. It's called the transformer pedal, and that's another endorsement I've gotten recently that I just don't even, you know... I don't even want to go on stage with one of those because I know how much it can pull out of those instruments tone-wise. And, and uh, that... Oh, yeah, I don't want to go on stage without them. <laughs> there you we... go. Well done, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> I said, hey, Nikki. <laughs> now, I think Mark and I are both going to say, you know, a very big congratulations as well to you too. So it's... Um... It's it's very very cool. It must be weird to kind of play out your life in front of a camera sometimes, but um, <laughs> no, very, congratulations to the two of you. It's uh, the the, the yeah, pictures that you send out look fan and what a fantastic thank you guys thank you what a fantastic setting too for for a wedding. It's amazing. Absolutely, and that was that was all um, part of the magic there and part of the inspiration for the new album too was 
just this whole magical experience down there and you know they call new mexico the land of enchantment but you know it really it really is there's something special to the energy down there that's fantastic mate oh god i was so good i didn't say fantastic and i just did it again all right (laughs) (laughs) all right we're coming to the end of the show and uh, we don't leave the show nowadays without without the two I suppose without the two two lightning round questions or the two the two final questions. Um, so the first one is what is I suppose what's your top tip for players or builders? What's your top tip? Um, I would say embrace mistakes because uh, you're going to make them, and uh, that usually tells you what the best way to get better is. So embrace mistakes, I'd say. Yeah, I, I, I learn a lot through mistakes, and, and let me tell you, I learn a lot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I learn a heck of a lot. So it's um, each guitar that I build, it's, it's a learning experience. I'm currently building a dog bowl resonator guitar, um, and I've put a cap on it. It's the first time I've ever put a cap on a guitar, and... I was thinking about leaving it without a scratch plate and then I realised that for me to actually put the electronics in where I wanted to put it, I actually had to recess the channels for the wiring before I put the cap on. So it's ended up, it's, it's got a scratch plate on it now, which I'm still happy about. It's, it's that hope, I'm fingers crossed this afternoon I might be able to actually finish, finish that instrument and put that up on, put that up on Facebook. But... Um, yeah, that's it's definitely that's a that's a good point. Yeah, just embrace your mistakes. I like that. So I, I'm going to put that. I'm going to paint that on my on on the wall at the back of my shop. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah. So it's that'll stop me from throwing guitars across the room into the junk piles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> embrace the mistakes and try and fix them up. Uh, I suppose the last question of uh, of the day would be. Um, what is your seat? What's your seat? now? Keeping in mind the endorsements that you've just had that, that that you were discussing then, but what's what's your secret weapon? The feather in your hat. <laughs> the feather in my hat. It's a yeah. it's a magic feather. Don't take the feather out. He loses all his mojo. <laughs> like, oh, talking about Justin's feather. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like Austin Powers losing his mojo. Don't take the feather away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that. Um, uh, the secret weapon for me is uh, learning how to not need a secret weapon. That's a lot of the practice I do, and a lot of the, you know, the challenges that I try to put myself under when I'm actually in practice mode. Yeah. Um, trying to get better at something, I try to figure out ways to, to mess myself up, and then I figure out ways to not let myself get messed up by those things. And so, you know, whether it's uh, playing, you know, if, if a slide breaks or if I lose a slide, I can I can play with a wine bottle or a hot sauce bottle mm. or something else. You know, I, I played with a bow and arrow and pocket knife and a river rock at different venues, you know, depending on those things. Um, so there's no secret weapon to that. You know, as far as tone with amps, I've had to learn how to use different effects i've had to learn how to use you know whether it's a tube amp which i love using or a solid state amp Mm. or when i toured australia for example 
um, with my back line. It was a different amp at every show, and, and so I learned how to use... Um, I played most of the shows with a Roland Street Cube amp, which was battery-powered off of double A's, even, though, even if it's a big festival yeah. stage. I was going to mention so, that. I, I think for, 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 um, for, for street traders or for... Um, for markets, I think in a way, you, in a way, that secret weapon are those rolling micro cubes, or you know, oh, there's, man, there's those other are, brands. Those of are things. great, absolutely. But you've got the street cube. That's the bigger one, isn't it? It's the two speakers. Um, yes, and I, I find that the uh, the audio qualities. Well, it's louder through the speakers, but even the processed audio quality out of the output of the street cubes, I find it to be a little bit better, or at least you can control it better with mm. the three tone knobs. Uh, than you can with just the micro cube that has one yeah. tone knob but the processors are pretty much the same in all of those street cubes i, I love those and probably 90 percent of my online mm. videos I, I recorded with the roland street cube wow that's it that's yeah it's uh, just just looking back i remember saying uh, so many of those videos that you've been putting out and and the ten, the time that comes out of that little that little amplifier is great i'm actually considering getting upgrading my micro cube to to that one because of the videos that you've been um that you've been watching actually that'd be a good idea man you should send some videos off to roland and see if you can get sponsored by them <laughs> absolutely <laughs> the justin johnson street cube their, uh, their their pedals also were great well justin Thank you so much. I, I, I apologise for catching you on the hop. I thought we were uh, we, we were running uh, a little bit. Um, I thought I was running a long way behind after getting that text at four thirty this morning from you. I woke up this morning at seven thirty and saw a text from uh, Justin at, uh, that that he'd sent to me at four thirty in the morning my time, and I thought, oh my god, I've organised to meet, and it must be ten or eleven o'clock at night. But no, that's okay. It's just the, the t- me getting confused with the time difference. Um, uh, I remember uh, just saying to Justin before, Mark. I remember um, when we were when when the two of us had a chat with Dave Street from Little Crow Guitars, and he was he's in he's in Perth, and we had him three hours behind you. You were one hour behind me, so we had three different time zones in the one country. So that's that was a bit of fun. But uh, Justin, yeah, cool. <laughs> Justin, thank you for spending the time. I know you're so so incredibly busy. Uh, we would love when the album comes out. Maybe it might be wonderful if, if we can, if we can catch up again. Yeah, well, well, come on out to Nashville. We'll listen to the album over some street tacos. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, apparently, yeah, Mark, are we doing a, are we doing a, a, a trip over to the states endorsed by MRWS? Are we? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Justin and I, we organised it before you got on air, mate. It's set. It's all done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> apparently, you're not posting those parts to him. Apparently, you're going to be taking you, you and I. Are apparently, going to hand deliver them to him. Exactly. Yeah. It might be che- it might be cheaper than postage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I believe it will. <laughs> well, once again, Mark, uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Um, right, Mark, yeah. where can we find you? Let's get the get the little bit of uh, mrwsinstruments.com. Fantastic. Oh God! I've been really. You got to admit, I've been much better today with my fantastics. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty fantastic. <laughs> well, we've been able to chat for the last hour with the fantastic Justin Johnson. Thank you for Thank your you time, Justin. Me. Really appreciate Thank you. it. Great, and to, great to talk to you guys again. Uh, looking forward to next time.
Just hang on there for a second for us, Justin. Boys and girls, thank you for listening to the Cigar Box Guitar Builder podcast. That was episode 23. Just remember, tell your friends about it. It is a growing podcast. Uh, We're nearing 2,000 listens, which is really wonderful. The group is building and building and building. Um, If you're on the group, please listen to the podcast. Give us some feedback. Um, You can also give us... Uh, rate us, give us five stars and a big thumbs up if you can through iTunes and through Podbean. Um, this has been Adam Harrison from Birdwood Guitars and the Cigar Box Guitar Builder Podcast. And uh, thanking everybody for listening and have a good one. Bye. Bye.